welcome to the MMA Geeks C-Level Podcast. This is Stan Jariah with your friend and mine, Nick Braccia. We're here to talk about last week's UFC 236, an exciting, exciting card in MMA news. Nick, how are you feeling today, bud? I'm good. It's This is a late one for us. We're recording after midnight, for the, for, I think, for the first time. But uh, feeling, feeling pretty good, and man, those were... Uh, what a good weekend to be a fan. That might have been the best main event and co-main event combination uh, we've seen in quite a while. And, uh, I mean, thinking about there being a main card uh, where there were no KOs or TKOs, and in the entire card there were only two, it still felt pretty exciting overall. I certainly think the top two fights and the two fights that people were most excited about, Dustin Poirier versus Max Holloway, and Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum, those bouts saved the event, I think, largely. Oh, um, yeah. It was an okay overall event. It could have been a fight night if you didn't include those two bouts at the top of it. But, I mean, those main events were not only looked forward to, but they really delivered, Nick. Yeah, they did. I guess let's talk about uh, Poirier Holloway first. Um, boy, Dustin Poirier looked good, and he looked really big and strong. He uh, did. He, he, he looked notably thicker. Uh, than Alloway. He, he looked like Ally. He looked like a slightly smaller Ally Quinta. Yeah, and, and it's funny you say that because I think that might be one of the closer examples as far as Khabib's opponents that are similar to Poirier. Yes. Yeah, he, he, he looked like a much more busy, much more confident, uh, just a reckless version of of himself, maybe of Ally Quinta. Elusive. Uh, Max is actually pretty hittable and he did get hit a lot in, hit in a most lot. of his bouts notably against um, Jose Aldo but he was able to take it and he was able to get to a point where his opponents are tired of punching him and just take over from there with his with his numbers not really with the power though and I think that's what we're seeing that's missing in his game that might just prevent him from being a true pound for pounder and I wonder if this loss gave enough confidence to some of those other guys at featherweight before coming up and fighting him for the title. Yeah. In an insane bout. It seemed like uh, Poirier had a big advantage early where he hurt Max. Uh, his power was pronounced, and it was pronounced early. And and Max normally is a guy that whose gas tank will persevere. And I think it did in this case. The problem is that Poirier somehow didn't really lose his power throughout this bout. He wasn't necessarily much slower at the end of the bout, although he did arguably take a round or so off. Uh, Poirier's power persevered, and, and he was able to push through in tough, some tough moments in the middle of that bout where Max Holloway's numbers were kind of seemingly taking over, and Poirier was able to uh, put an exclamation point on that fifth round and earn the well-deserved decision. Yeah, the arc of rounds two through five felt a lot like uh, like Diaz-McGregor two uh, to me, where... yeah. Poirier started to fade a little bit, and Max was accumulating, accumulating. Um, but Dustin came back, uh, you know, very strong in the fourth, just as Connor did in his fight. That was when he, th- he threw that knee. Joe Rogan described it as a glancing knee, but it did an awful lot of damage. And I think that knee was the deciding factor as to why the judges gave um, Dustin Poirier the fourth round. I think you're probably right. Um, I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I had it even going into the fifth. I had a two and two to two, but it, it might be that knee that made the difference enough for the judges to, to award Poirier that third round. A lot of visible damage. 
No doubt about it. And that being a big factor there as well. You're right about that. Again, the, the power difference showed in every way in this bout. Um, and, and Dustin Poirier now having gotten the single biggest win of his career. And he's on a pretty nice streak. Um, he's now going into a fight. And, and by the way, his streak, his last three bouts are against Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, and Anthony Pettis before Max Holloway. And he finished all three of those guys. Yeah, that's a murderer's row. It really is. He's clearly tapped into a different level. The question is, is he ready for the takedown pressure of Khabib Nurmagomedov? Because we're assuming that that will be his next bout. Uh, what are your thoughts on the matchup, Nick? Maybe I'll eat my words, but I think uh, I think he his fight against Khabib is like a lot less successful ally Quinta fight. I just think that he's, he was a lot bigger than Max, and I think he was considerably bigger than Alvarez. Um, I think he's a really, really good fighter. I just think Khabib's on a, is on a entirely different uh, level, and I don't. I just don't see him. I don't see Dustin stopping those takedowns, and I don't see the power um, impacting Khabib that way. Khabib's very big. Khabib can take a big shot. I don't think you know. I I, I just don't see. Uh, I don't see anybody at one fifty five beating Khabib. I really don't. Not current. Not currently. Not the Khabib that showed up for his last three fights. It's certainly hard to argue with. I was actually very much looking forward to Max winning the bout and moving on to fight Khabib because I think Max has a pretty decent shot stylistically. Although this bout and the size difference certainly dissuades me from uh, from thinking that. Obviously, um, yeah, I just don't think he's going to do. I just don't think Max would do any damage. I think even if he landed on Khabib, it would be like. It, right. it's, I just don't think it's going to accumulate. Um, yeah, I think power is a big factor if you're fighting to be probably scarier. Um, I think who's I think, scarier? Sorry, I think I think Gagey's probably the scariest matchup for Khabib. Um, I think he's got. I think Gagey has more power than Poirier does, um, and I think he probably has better wrestling. I I, I I don't know. Um, I would like to watch tape with that in mind. I'm not so sure that Gaethje is necessarily the kind of threat to Khabib. That I don't know. Well, I don't think anyone's a threat to, that to Khabib. I just think yeah, he's fair. more of a, um, Khabib, a threat than, than Poirier. I actually think Poirier might just be the more dangerous version of Ally Quinta. And then on yeah. top of that, uh, on top of Poirier's huge wins that he's gotten, not only over the last year, but over the last several years, um, he's not really one to lose by getting out wrestled. Um, he might get caught. You might catch him with a big shot like Conor McGregor did, like Michael Johnson, like Michael Johnson did, but you're not likely going to, um, well, I shouldn't say you're not likely going to, I guess if you're Khabib, you, you certainly can't just out wrestle a guy. I just feel like given Khabib's lack of dominance over ally Quinta late in their bout, I think that Poirier is a better version of Iaquinta in several ways. And Iaquinta has certain strengths that Poirier doesn't, don't get me wrong, but Poirier is is arguably bigger, um, hits harder. He's way you more think, aggressive. You think, you think Poirier is bigger than Al? I, I think there's a decent chance that he is. Uh, just seeing him across from Max Holloway, uh, I guess, has me believing that Poirier is a really big guy. and Maybe... Maybe just that image is what's kind of clouding my judgment here. Well, they're about the same but, height. Uh, Alec, Alec so. is, a, is an inch taller. An inch taller with a... Al, Al's actually taller than Poirier. Then, maybe I'm, maybe has, I'm wrong about that. Has two inches, Poirier has two inches on Al. 
So they're, they're very, very similarly sized. Uh, let's say he's the same size. He, he hits harder. He is way more offensively busy. Poirier is going to throw hundreds of power shots at Khabib. Well, if he can avoid the occasional takedown, of course, which Iaquinton was able to late in that bout. If Poirier can do that late, we found out that he has the gas tank to go five rounds hard and take damage and, and keep keep going. I don't know that Khabib hits – I don't think Khabib hits any harder from on top than Max Holloway does from from the standing position. Now, yeah, if Khabib lands a couple of those early takedowns, he might just take away enough of Poirier's heart to, to, to just keep on dominating later in the bout. I just feel like Poirier's mindset now is very different. Athletically, he's different. I think American top team is doing a great job of game planning for their fighters in general now more than ever. And I, I just think Poirier has a better chance than most people. And having said that, I, I have pri- pri- previously thought that Tony Ferguson is the guy to give Khabib his biggest challenge. I, I can see that being Poirier now. Even though Poirier is not quite maybe as durable as Ferguson, I think offensively he's just he's just so dynamic. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, the thing with Ferguson is for. You know, we don't see Poirier ending up in lots of like flippy dippy scrambles. Like probably not since he fought Korean Zombie, um, but Ferguson always does. As seems to seems to end up in these wild scrambles, and there is no wild scramble with Khabib. <laughs> you had, if you if you're well, in, Ferguson if creates the scrambles. Um, it, it would be it would be harder to scramble against Khabib, but I do think Ferguson creates those situations. Because partially because he ends up in bad positions because he gets outpowered or knocked down against more athletic opponents, he does create scrambles, and he usually ends up on top of those scrambles. That that that's just kind of a situation in which he thrives. Um, and, and everybody else is in panic mode, and he can catch you in a dart, or he can catch you in a big shot. But yeah, I mean, look, Khabib is the best for a reason. Um, I would still favor him over any any man under 170 pounds and many men at 170 pounds. So Khabib certainly going to be the favorite going into either bout, but I, I just feel like Poirier yeah, is going to look better than many guys would. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I, I just, I'd love to see McGregor and Poirier play it back. I'd love to see Gagey against Khabib. I, there's so many very exciting fights at 155. And in two weeks, we've got Ally Quinta and, and Cerrone. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Really, really exciting. Agreed. Oh man, that's a that's two different sensibilities. I love that. I love the cowboy against the Long Island Guido. Nick, you can't see my face uh, since we're uh, kind of both recording remotely. But if you just saw the the look on my face as you mentioned that fight, it was just this kind of slow, prodding smile, as if I was thinking about a long lost love. (laughs) I'm forward to that bout, Nick. I really am. Think about each of their last fights. I mean, uh, Cerrone against Hernandez and Iaquinta against Lee. Man, those were two... (laughs) Those are two terrific fights. Uh, So let's talk about... Go ahead. Well, well, before we switch over to the co-main event of the UFC 236, what are your thoughts about Max Holloway's next opponent? Huh. Um, well, everyone's saying you got to wait for the outcome of uh, what's his name, Volkanovsky, the uh, who's the Australian with the Russian name. 
<laughs> Alexander Volkanovsky. Yeah, Volkanovsky is fighting uh, Aldo, right? So everyone's saying if Volkanovsky wins that fight, then he gets the shot. And he gets the shot. And if he loses that fight and Aldo wins, then Edgar gets the shot. But Edgar has since getting obliterated. I mean, Frankie Edgar is probably my favorite all time fighter. And um, after, he, you know, he got blitzed by Ortega, he, he won a tepid, uh, fairly cautious decision against Cub Swanson. Right. Uh, you know, it feels maybe that's the right fight for Max. Um, to get right, but man, if Max if Max uh, hasn't shaken off this drubbing, um, he could he could I think you know I think a, a hungry Frankie Edgar even at third whatever he is thirty seven years old um, could beat him if he can he can get down low and, and uh, get those I could see, I could see him landing some pretty nice slams on uh, on Max. Um, so. I, I have little reason to believe that Max's takedown defense at 145 against the much, much smaller Frankie Edgar suddenly sucks. Um, I would favor Max pretty comfortably in that bout. But, yeah, I, I just I just don't think that Frankie brings the same kind of attributes that won this fight for Poirier. And that's really the only kind of loss we've seen Max experience. Yeah, I, think, many I, mean, years. I agree. Max would be heavily favored. But I think it I think it, it depends who, Edgar it, has a shot. who shows up. Like, we've seen... Um, Listen, not everybody not everybody responds well to taking a beating in a super fight sure. <laughs> or or moving up in weight, you know. Like how it be, I guess BJ Penn won a couple of fights after after he got beat by GSP. Um I just like Max took a licking and I'm curious to see uh you know how he comes back. Um a guy who who possibly had been taken out of fights earlier because of of brain injury maybe. Um yeah, after after this bat, I'm not I'm not about to question this man's chin, but I hear you. No, I'm not questioning his chin. I'm just questioning. It's not. I don't think he. I, I'm just curious to see, uh, you know, who he should, who uh, should, how how he goes about it in his next bat. Yeah, just judging by uh, the way that he's reacted to it, the way that he's spoken about the loss, um, he he's he took it well. Like he's not the type to hide from it. Um, he admitted that he lost the bout and. And uh, he doesn't sound any, le- any less confident to me, um, given Poirier his due respect. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back after this as champion coming off of a loss, which is very unusual in the UFC. Um, I mean, Volkanovski's no walk in the park either. Like he went. Oh, 100%. If it's Volkanovski, I am a little bit worried for Holloway in his next bout. If it's Frankie Edgar, I favor him comfortably. Right. Well, Edgar, Edgar does not have crippling power, he's got great precision. Yes. Uh, he can find yes. your chin, but he's not, you know. Um, he doesn't have that, that that kind of one-shot pop, which, by the way, it seems like based on Max's last two decision losses to Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, it seems like power is a recipe, is, an ing- is a necessary ingredient in order to beat this iteration of Max Holloway. Yeah, I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, but 155 is certainly a lot more lively than uh, 145 right now. Uh, you think for Max Holloway? In general, no. I think 155 is a division. It's oh fun. yeah, yeah. I, I I can see it. Uh, I agree, especially with the 145 champ now coming off of a loss that certainly doesn't add to it. On top of the fact that he's basically cleared out the division, you can really only pick out one or two names in that top ten that he hasn't beat already. Max Holloway. So yeah, uh, I, I agree that 155 is lively right now with some big names with Khabib at the top and Connor near there as well. 
it's certainly it's certainly an exciting weight class at this point. Yeah. And you know what? It should be. It's one of the one of the best weight classes in the history of the sport. Um, we should get into the co-main event that night, which was a better five round fight, which which is hard to hard to imagine um, if yeah, you had only I, seen well, that main I event. Both of these fights wrong, by the way. You picked this one correctly. Um, um, I did. I, I ended up hedging out of Sonia very, very close uh, at the end, even though I, I was going back and forth. And you know what? Everything that I thought about the uh, about the bout kind of came to fruition. Uh, Gashalom's speed, Adesanya's footwork, and 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 ability to counter well. Um, Gashalom really only throwing two strikes ever in the history of seemingly his career is that right hand uh, jab or right hand hook followed by a left cross. That's really all he throws, but he's so fast that it works a lot of the time. And it worked early at least and, and at certain other points in the bout against Israel Adesanya. Yeah, I what a what a great fight. I um I still I haven't heard Gastelum address why he went for the takedown after he out of nowhere landed that head kick. I mean, I say out of nowhere, but he had been he had been kicking the leg and then threw oh, you know, threw his uh, left kick high and caught Adesanya right on the neck and had him right. on the ropes. Had yeah, him on the ropes he's against, quite literally, yeah. and then he and I, I really think there was a shot to end the fight there, and for whatever reason, he went for a takedown. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It was it was a it, it it could have changed the trajectory of the bout, even if he didn't finish with that follow up shot. But the fact is that Israel showed throughout the bout that he can survive and he can persevere and he get, oh, can was, get through those tough moments. Incredible star making performance. I mean, for both men, in my mind, Gastelum was already had already proven himself. Um, by, yes. By flattening Weidman, even though he lost, by flattening Bisbing, by he's he had a much his resume, his his collection of scalps was was a lot more impressive. But you look at Adesanya's last, um, you know, eight, twelve to eighteen months, and he's fought about six times, and he's won every fight, and he right. he went through the fire for that victory. So even though I'm not sure he's going to match up great against a Yoel Romero or potentially even I could see Weidman creating a lot of problems for his style um, based on Weidman's success with, with kickboxers. Um, but him against Whitaker is, I probably favor, favor Whitaker, but regardless, Adesanya is a star. He's a winner. He's, he, he proved himself. He does. He's a, a great uh, sportsman and martial artist. And I find it, I find it very difficult uh, to understand how anyone would just would could say that they're not a fan of his after that. I mean, I'm a huge Gastelum fan, and I can't, you know, like I don't I don't understand someone who likes MMA and says they're not an Israel Adesanya fan after that performance. Yeah, it, it was it was a gritty, gut wrenching performance. The kind that you want to see in a serious up and comer that you have high hopes for. This is the kind of perseverance that you want to see in potentially a future pound for pound contender. And, he, and he's got, you know, several things um, kind of in his toolbox that, that allow him to be a contender for that kind of spot that allow for him to, to be in a trash talking uh, kind of social media argument with John Jones and, and, and actually look pretty good doing it. And yeah, and yeah it's, it's, it's fascinating how, how this win has kind of propelled him to even an even higher level of stardom just within a few days. He's, 
and I don't mean stardom in that, like the whole world is talking about him, but the MMA world is clearly talking about him, and everybody that had doubts is now bought in for good reason. Um, yeah, Nick, one thing I do I do want to mention before we move on, do you admit now that Gaston probably would have lost to Whitaker? I, do, I don't know. I don't. Fair enough, but, but, but you're less sure that Gaston would have whooped that ass. I don't think I, I well I never would have suggested Gaston was going to whoop that ass. I just think that his hands are really fast and he finds yeah. chance and he's got he's got sick power and I think that um I think I think Robert Whitaker is is probably the more complete fighter. I just I just think Kelvin Gaston doesn't really know how to lose. <laughs> I know he's lost a few fights but he just keeps coming. I don't know the guy's got yeah. the guy's fight he's an animal. And, I agree. Uh, I, 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 I think probably that Whitaker safer money in that fight. Um, after this fight, after watching this, if they were to fight again, I'd probably pick Whitaker. But I don't Fair know. Enough. But I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that it's, it's. You wouldn't bet the house on it. Yeah, I wouldn't bet the house on it. I hear that. Uh, yeah, and and so with, with a couple of interesting things have happened since this co-main event between Adesanya and Kelvin Gastelum, which, by the way, was for the interim middleweight title. Adesanya said something along the lines of Australia has this fake champ and, and you know, kind of throwing shade at Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker, in an interview, I think, with Ariel Helwani, kind of went in on Israel Adesanya a little bit. It's very unlike uh, Whitaker to do that. Um, and he kind of went after, you know, went after his performance and and went after his character. I think he 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 talks some trash. Um, so they are going back and forth a little bit, which I can appreciate. One thing Whitaker said that I found a little bit surprising um, is that he said that he is bigger than Gastelum, which is true. He hits harder than Gastelum, which I'm not so sure about anymore. Um, he said he was faster than Gastelum, which. I don't know any middleweight that is. I don't think he's um, faster than Gastelum. I think he can. I think he hits harder. In di- he hits he he can hurt you in more ways. Oh yeah, he's got all kinds of tools versus Gastelum's only his left hand. Right, I agree there. Oh, that, um, that, that for a little stubby dude that's built like me, his that that left head kick. <laughs> I agree. I don't know how he reached. I I don't understand how a guy who's five nine kicks a guy who's six four in the head. But I guess uh, yeah, the 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 distance between your two feet. Uh, as you like go as wide as you can is is usually higher than your own height and Israel's not standing up straight. Yeah, it can happen. I, I'm no, a six four guy. That's it's, I just don't think anyone expected it. I don't think anyone was like, oh yeah, look out for that Gaslam head kick. Yeah, I, I'm six four and I've taken a head kick in one of my bouts against a shorter opponent. And it pissed me off, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it can happen. It's um, a mistake by one guy and and really good timing by another can. Can, can definitely lead to a shorter guy knocking out a bigger guy with a head kick. Uh, for the record, though, I did not go down on that I know, head kick. Exactly. I, threw in, I threw enough like fakes that you uh, you leaned right into it. Um. So you're, you, you're saying that it was you who, uh, who landed that kick? Fine. Fine Obviously, it was not. Um, um, no, no, no. Fortunately, <laughs> Nick, Nick has not had the chance to beat me up. Um, so, yeah, Israel's also in kind of a back-and-forth exchange with John Jones now, where uh, it's hard to tell who started, but they're, they're both kind of going at each other over social media and, and in interviews. Um, and John Jones kind of just elevated him. Like, I feel like he kind of punched down in this case and elevated him to like pound for pound 
almost conversation by discussing a potential matchup with this new champion. What do you what do you think about this, Nick? I think that uh I think that Joan what do I think about that? I think Adesanya's got I think Adesanya's got a lot to do uh before he moves up to fight a guy as as big and as talented as Jones. Um but it's I I'm not gonna say that I'm not you know that I'm not curious. It's just that Jones has had an answer to everything so far. It's just like there's some na- there's some nasty nasty middleweights you got to beat before uh, you know before you get there. I don't think you can talk your way into that fight. Um, I think you got to you beat Whitaker, you beat Yoel Romero, um, you deal you deal with potentially. A, oh, I I agree. It's just my nasty. question is more. Yeah. I agree. My my question is more in like John Jones kind of elevating Adesanya by treating him as an equal in the way that he kind of speaks about him. Well, Adesanya, um, well, they've been ta- they've been they've been back and forth a bit. They were on the same card not too long ago, I think. And uh, Jones was like, "Well, everyone's just comparing us because we both have long limbs and we're black." And and people have made it, which I think is probably fair of him to say. I think that p- people do uh, assume that because they have similar. I don't bodies. think they've ever been on the same card, but yeah, they, they've definitely been compared for good reason. I was just looking at uh, Adesanya's. Yeah. Okay. I feel I thought it might have been because they were part of the same press conference or something, but they. Um, well, that could be. That could be. I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if they have one of those seasonal comparisons. press conferences. Right. So there are comparisons. So they've been on one another's radar, and. Um, you know, I think that all, as, as he said something in the lead up to the fight about how he about how we would want that fight. So he Adesanya poked the bear a little bit, and Jones took the bait. Um, yeah, but Jones is kind of he's been kind of taking the he's been open to everything. I mean, I never thought that that Anthony Smith fight was going to happen. And then, Anthony, do you think this is his attempt at uh, like McGregoring, like just keeping himself in the headlines by, you know? Doing like the post fight call outs and that sort of thing, Jones. Uh, yeah, because yeah, he he, he, he did he has said previously that he admires and looks up to McGregor in the way that he's handled his career. I think that's part of it. I also think it's that he wants to be active right now, and he wants to have interesting. Oh, no doubt. I think he wants to have interesting, lucrative fights. So, yeah, especially low, lower danger bouts. I agree. Like, there's a reason he's not moving up to heavyweight, but willing to fight these kind of like any middleweight, seemingly. Jones is down to call out at this point. Do you realize that that's three middleweights in a row that he's trying to fight? That's a real, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I would still pick John. I think I would pick John Jones to beat just about every heavyweight. I think Miocic gets really interesting, but that's a that's about it. I feel like I would pick Jones against everybody else. I don't know. I'm curious how that Daniel Cormier matchup would play out. Just kidding. Um, Uh. Yeah. So, so we, we, it, was, it was an awesome card. I don't know that we really need to delve into the rest of it. Uh, I shouldn't say it was an awesome card. It was an awesome co-main and main event. Um, Khalil Roundtree had a good performance. Uh, Matt Frivola scored a upset over Jalen Turner, who's looking less and yeah, less that was like a, a fun, prospect. It was a fun fight. It was, yeah. Frivola's proving to be just like a hard, tough guy who – you know, who, who will not relent no matter how much of a prospect you are. Like, that's the kind of guy that'll show up against uh, the world's number one fighter on short notice and look okay in a loss. Yeah, and he's a Sarah, he's a Sarah Longo guy, and he fights yeah. like it. He, 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 he kind of does. He, he kind of got his own version 
of that style. He's he's got a lot of the requisite kind of Sarah Longo attributes, but he's got his own kind of just forward moving madness uh, going uh, like more faster paced, I would say, than guys like Aya Quinta or or. Yeah, he's, he's definitely faster. I would act based on his size and uh, the kind of grappler he seems to be. Um, I know he's not considered at the same level right now, but I kind of wanted to watch him fight Gregor Gillespie. Yeah, that would that, that would be nice uh, at some point. You know what? Gillespie should be fighting. If you ask me, he should be fighting uh, bigger names at this point. Like Gillespie, yeah. he's either fighting the best or he shouldn't be fighting. Like at this point, stop feeding him. Uh, can or, or you know proverbial cans guys that are not on that level. Give him somebody. Give him somebody that'll put his feet to the fire. The guy's been running through everybody for Pete's sake. There was some talk. Um, I'm trying to remember who, but there was some talk of him getting a um a big opponent next. But yeah, I, I, I do. I do remember. I do remember. I don't think anything was set in stone, but I do remember talks like that. Bilal um, uh, Muhammad also scored a nice victory. But the Sorry. Him- they were targeting him against Kevin Lee, but Kevin Lee decided to move up, oh, right? that's right. That, yeah, I think you're right. That was the matchup. Um, I, I don't know. I'm hoping that still happens. That would be a good one, actually. Um, we've got Bilal Muhammad, who scored a victory over over Curtis Millinder. Boy, uh, good, was, good on Bilal. I was on the, like four weeks ago or seven weeks ago. I was on the I was on the Millinder bandwagon, and he is athletic guy, but but. Uh, he just he just seemed like he wilted in the Muhammad fight. Yeah, the, the the wrestling thing is going to be an issue for him mentally. Maybe he wasn't in a great place after that loss to Elizio Zaleski Dos Santos. But yeah, I mean, you don't want to go up against a gritty veteran that has pretty good skills everywhere. If you have like a blaring weakness, um, and he kind of took this fight on short notice when he really didn't have to. Yeah, um, he took a he took a whipping. That was a straight up drubbing. He did a second one in a row for him. Second, uh, yeah, Jackson, second, third rounds were not good. Right. Uh, Montel Jackson uh, looked like a true prospect against Andre Sukumthout. Um, yeah. Very impressive. I'm I'm definitely keeping an eye on this dude because for him, he didn't get a quick knockout. He completely out-techniqued Andre, who's a pretty gritty, skilled veteran. Um, Montel, like, like he was basically untouched in that fight, if you ask me. It was pretty close to it. Montel Jackson is a serious, serious prospect to watch. Um, uh, Wilson Hayes got got starched by Alexander Pantoja. That's right, uh, Pantoja. Yeah, uh, Pantoja, who's you know who's, who's you know who's been look, seen as a prospect and a contender for a while. This is a big win for him. And Max Griffin, who had gotten jobbed out of that Thiago Alves decision against a guy who apparently is his real life enemy. Zelen Mamadiev. Uh, they that was a nasty fight, man. That a, po- a point docked early. A lot of a lot of shit talking. A lot of stare. Yeah, that was the, the, the point. The point being, sorry, go on. Um, you know, Griffin fought. Uh, I thought he fought a, a good first round, but he ga- It seemed like he gassed hard. I feel like he got emotional, and he. Sh- I thought that he uh, he had the skills to. Uh, Mamadiev's tough. But I, I thought that uh, I think I thought there was Griffin fought much better in the first round than in the subsequent rounds, and I thought the fight was very. I think I had it. I had it a draw, but they get he walked, got a he snuck by with a decision. Yeah, uh, I I don't disagree with you. Griffin sound like fights nervous. It seems like he's constantly in a state of frenzy when he's fighting, even when he's winning. Seemingly, um, it's it, like he's 
he's, he's just constantly in a, in a state of like, I don't know if he's terrified or what it's weird, but he does look like he's very nervous when he, when he fights in. And, uh, and I think that's a big part of why he got tired in this belt against the guy who has a lot of power, especially Mike Perry in that win. He looked very nervous the entire bout too, even though he was doing pretty well. Um, so just to lose, like emotionally because he, this, he, he and this guy really don't like each other. Yeah, I hear that. Um, so, so some other MMA news, Nick, um, recently we got Dillashaw, like they revealed what the agent was that he tested positive for. And it was EPO, which essentially means he used blood doping, oh, man. Yeah. the number of red blood cells in your system and, and allows you to have just much more of a gas tank, quicker recovery from what I understand, maybe even some anabolic benefits. Um, pretty disappointing. It's it, it's really unfortunate, and um, I guess not super surprising. And I want it just makes me wonder how pervasive it is uh, in the sport in general and in the the UFC organization at large. Um, I think that the other fighters discussed. Hopefully, it's not feigned and it's real. Um, and their and the sport's overall reaction has been uh, has been good. A lot of people are really uh disappointed calling him out out on it at the same time though toyo tires hasn't taken his spot with dominic cruz and forrest griffin off the air which is a stupid spot anyway when they argue about their parties they both have toyo tires makes me never want to have toyo tires um some of the worst (laughs) acting in the history of commercials it's pretty bad. And there's also there's also is he's also in this isn't he in the spot with Stephen Thompson where they're both like wearing shirts that you don't have to iron or something. Um, he he was uh, for for some yeah for some uh, uh, button down shirt brand or something he was but I, I don't know if I've seen that commercial lately. Uh, yeah, TJ, this is disappointing. I will say though, like the entire MMA world really went after him, yep. made this the worst like crime that a person could ever commit. I take it a lot more seriously when a guy pops for anabolic steroids. I take it a lot more seriously when a guy's power levels enhance to the point where he can cause more brain damage. Like, why aren't people going after guys like John Jones more, who still is popping for a steroid to this day regularly? Like, this is insane. Why are people going after TJ Dillashaw like he's the worst human being ever? I don't know. It could be that that yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't have an answer to that. I mean, it's goddamn ridiculous, Nick. Like, let's give the same kind of heat to 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 guys like Anderson Silva and John Jones, who are at the top of the all of the pound for pound lists, even though they've, I think, each multiple times, or, or was with Anderson Silva was it twice, Nick, or just once that he yeah, popped for? Think, uh, I think it was once, and then the second time maybe it was a tainted supplement. He got that got off on that excuse. Oh, but, okay, so 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 he he popped twice for steroids is is, is what I'm understanding. They they both pop multiple times. Like they should be held to account. They've hurt a lot of guys. Um, yeah, I don't. Like, just, I, hear, I hear you about TJ. I, I get it. It's not okay, and I don't blame Cody for being pissed. But like his prior opponents, I don't blame them for being angry about it. But this is ridiculous. Like John Jones is getting away with it, and with Usada and the UFC being on board, like this is why are we going after TJ Dillashaw to this extent? Yeah. Um. Well, Ben Askren, uh, George Masvidal, it's heating up. There's a lot of trash talk back and forth. Uh, from what I understand, Masvidal didn't attend a press conference, and so Ben Askren went over there and talked a bunch of trash anyway. Um, <laughs> it's hard not to like Askren. As much as I try not to like the guy. He's really funny. 
He uh, is. He he is funny, and I still don't think that he has a UFC win, but he's about to fight Masvidal, and quite frankly, the matchup favors him as much as I hate to say it. Does, like, but not. But, I don't. It does. It does favor him, but I would not be. I Masvidal is a very good wrestler. He's got strong takedown defense. He gave Damian Maya a lot of problems. I we'll see. We'll see. It's by, it's not a gimme fight. I don't see Ben Askren wa- uh, walking through him. Definitely not gimme. I think it'll be a. Uh, I think it'll be a split decision uh, that goes to Ben Askren, and a lot of people will think that Masvidal's damage should have gotten the edge. And and there's going to be a lot of people in the sport who are going to think that Askren should be zero and two, even though he's zero and two, even though he's two and zero after this bout. That's a good. That's a very specific, but but likely accurate prediction. Yeah. <laughs> so we got this card in Russia on Saturday. Should we? I think we should talk about at least a couple of uh, of fights. Let's, um, let's let's talk about the main and co-main events. Uh, maybe we'll get into the Roxanne Matapari Shevchenko bout, and then just kind of list out uh, all of our picks for the rest of the card. Okay. Great. Um, Alistair Overeem versus Alexei Olenek. Um, by the way, I'm Russian. I should be able to pronounce this better than this. Uh, our headlining UFC on ESPN plus seven coming to you from Russia. Um, an interesting main event between two super gritty veterans. Between these two guys, I think they have like 150 combined bouts, uh, pro bouts between kickboxing and MMA uh, between the two guys. Um, what are your thoughts about this matchup, Nick? Um, I think Alistair has enough left in the tank. I think he's still a crafty. He's adjusted into kind of a crafty kickboxer. Um, I don't. He still has a super thick neck, and he's really strong. I don't. I don't see uh, Ezekiel Alexi um, snaking him up. Done. Yeah, I. It could happen. I just think. I think. Uh, I think Overeem. I think Overeem wins a not very exciting kickboxing fight. Where he keeps keeps a distance from a a more a more plodding hook throwing Olenek. Yeah, I, I favor Overeem as well. You know, it's funny, Nick, that only Olenek ha- actually has quietly amassed a six and two record in the UFC. Yeah, like I, I I didn't realize that he has had that many wins and that few losses because even sometimes in his wins he looks like he's losing. Um, and yeah, he, he's a guy that's known for his Ezekiel choke overall a, a solid submission guy and he can sneak them on you from any position like this is one of the few guys in the entire roster that if you're in mount on top of him in a dominant position he can actually sneak in a submission on you from that from there um Overeem is crafty enough he shouldn't fall for that sort of thing i can't imagine that given all the tape that's available on alexi at this point that Overeem would just kind of walk into the clinch and and let alexi pull him on pull Overeem on top of himself and lock up that ezekiel choke I think Overeem will be crafty enough. He'll keep his distance. It'll be low-paced. It probably won't be super exciting, um, but maybe a, a chance of a stoppage. I would say a decent chance of a stoppage in a five-round bout between these two sooner or later, but I expect that it will, be, it will not be super exciting leading up to it. Um, yeah, it's, it's – go on, Nick. Only time Overeem has ever um... – he's, he's tapped out the strikes once, but he got, he got Kamurid – uh, by Verdum 13 years ago. That was it. Um, in Japan, like he's never, that's the only time he's ever been su- submitted in MMA. 
Yeah, I remember that bout too. He dominated Verdum until he uh, until he lost the bout later. And he's fought lots of very big guys with strong submissions, be it be it Rothwell or Frank Mir, um, other in other fights against Verdum. Um, yeah, this version of the reinvented uh, Alistair Overeem, I think, has more than enough craft to take care of business here. But also, I wouldn't be surprised if Alexi gets his back at some point in some scramble against the fence, and it's a finish. Like, it's possible because he's so darn tricky. As much as Overeem might be used to defending conventional submission attempts, I don't know that he'll, I don't know that he'll be ready for some of Oleonic's weird, goofy, but very effective subs. Um, so if I was him, I would avoid going to the floor at all at any cost. But he is six and three in his last nine bouts, Nick, and three losses are against Verdum. Uh, I'm sorry, the three losses are against uh, literally the very best in the division: Curtis Blades, Stipe Miocic, and Francis Ngannou. So, you know, I, I I definitely favor him. I think there's good reason to to maybe even put some money on the uh, favorite here. Um, Islam Makachev versus Arman. Saryukin. Now, this is an interesting bout because we've got Islam, who's 16 and 1 in the UFC, uh, has amassed a very impressive UFC record, I think of 5 and 1. And he's fighting this undefeated prospect who's got a very similar style. Also, uh, kind of a, a, a top control grappler. Um, Saryukan, Sar- Sar- I, should, I should be able to pronounce this better. Arman has um, kind of dynamic, explosive kicks, but they only come in one at a time. Um, his takedowns are, are solid and his top control is very good, but he can be taken down. And I think that's where Islam is going to have the advantage. Um, standing up, Islam throws decent combos. He combines hands and legs pretty well, but that's not really where he gets a lot of his work done. It's, it's really on the floor. It's really by taking guys down from the clinch and controlling them from there. Um, he's gotten a couple of finishes in his last two bouts. And I can see that being a possibility here, but I'm going to pick Islam uh, by three-round decision. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go the same. I just think I think he's faced uh, a tougher level of competition on the global stage. Um, he if he's tra- trains with and is friendly with with Khabib. Um, you know, knocked out Gleason Tivo, beat the Nick the Carney Lens, who's a tough out for anybody. Agreed. And, he out wrestled Nick too. And he did get a he, he was getting a third fight against the Bronx Olivieri, by the way, which surprised me, but I'll watch it. Um, I see no reason for that whatsoever. I don't either, but I was but I'm not but I'm not gonna be bored by it. This is just the UFC showing how much they dislike Nick Lentz, just like making it so obvious without even attempting to hide it. Like, why is this happening? I think he probably wanted the fight. Um You think so? Yeah, That's I think crazy. he wanted I think he wanted to get one back. Um oh. But he's gonna get he's gonna he's gonna get beat up. I think. Um, sorry, you were saying. Yeah. About- so yeah, he did get knocked out by Adriano Martins, but uh, I, I think that was an ab- more of an aberration. So I I am going. Uh, uh, Makachev. Makachev as well, because as I've to- as I've said before, I don't really pick against Dagestani fighters. I don't blame you. Um, although I do look forward to a, a card in which there's a really bad Dagestani fighter that you will have no choice but to pick as a huge underdog. Nick. Well, I'm about to pick a huge underdog in the next fight because uh, uh, Roxy Mataferi, our MMA Geeks member, is, I think, unfairly at a plus 285 against the less experienced uh, 
kickboxing aficionado, Antonina Shevchenko, is at minus 345. Um, really strong kickboxing background. And, of course, her sister is a, a champion. But... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick uh I'm gonna pick Roxy here to to get that body lock, um you know wrestle her down and show us her ground and pound, and uh and drop drop some elbows, so we hear uh Valentina Shevchenko uh with her annoying scream from the uh from the opposite corner. Yeah, she does the classic Muay Thai oi thing after every strike that Antonina throws, not lands but throws. Right, uh, and it's really rather annoying. Um. I here's the thing. I would I would pick Matafari with you because I do think this is a pick em bout despite the odds. Um I, I just think that Matafari tends to lose to more athletic opponents, and I think Antonina has that. And also I'm gonna give some serious credit to the fact that Antonina gets to train with some pretty high-level fighters and Rose Namayunas and her sister Valentina Sevchenko, who's the champion at this division, actually, that this bout is taking place in. Um, I'm giving Antonina the edge, but I could absolutely see Matafari getting enough takedowns to land a decision. Um, now, I wouldn't differ with you on this pick uh, if we're not making more picks because I wouldn't want it to depend on this bout because, um, to me, it really could go either way. But, yeah, I think Matafari is also a bit of a live dog. Uh, at these odds, she's worth putting some money on considering the fact that she should have a decent edge in the ground game. Yeah, we just we haven't – have we seen Shevchenko on her back yet? in the UFC. I mean, she's only got that one bout. Uh, and I think her takedown defense is listed at 83%, but it was against like kind of a mediocre fighter who didn't make weight. Um, and I, I don't remember the bout, but, but it sounds like she got maybe quickly taken down and, and got back up. Uh, Roxanne is likely more skilled on the ground than Antonina's last opponent, uh, whose last name I believe is Kim. Um, so yeah, again, a lot of a lot of things point to Matafari scoring an upset here, but I just think the athletic advantage and the training partner advantage um, might be enough for Shevchenko. Um, Outside of that, Nick, should we just kind of exciting uh, uh, fight through? Possibly, that's well, so, we can if we're going to pick the rest of them. Um, yeah, so. Without any analysis, just zipping through, I'm going to take uh, Sergey uh, Pavlovich over Marcelo, Marcelo Gom. Yep. Uh, I'm there with you. I've got Sergey in that one as well, although I could see Marcelo landing something big. Um, uh, next, we've got Devin Clark versus Ivan Stierkov. I'm going to pick Stierkov, but he he's not great, even though he's 16-0 and, and looks like a monster. I'm going to pick Devin Clark just to mess with you. I'm into it. Um, we've got Christoph Jocko versus Alan Amadovsky. What do you think about this uh, one, Nick? I, Christoph Jocko needs a victory badly, but I think he'll get it here. You think Jocko takes the win? Uh, yeah, I've got Jocko over Alan as well in this one. Uh, we have got Mo- uh, Mavsar Evloev versus Sangwoo Choi in the next bout. Um, I've got Evloev over Sangwoo Choi in this one. Same. Sultan Alia versus Keita Nakamura. Nick, uh, what's your pick on that one? I'm going to go with Nakamura. I am too. Just more well-rounded, although I can see it going the other way. Um, we've got Alexander Yakovlev who, versus Alex Da Silva. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Yakov- <laughs> Yakovlev. 
Yeah, even though De Silva is supposed to be like the Brazilian prospect, I think Yakovlev is just more experienced and should be able to take him down. Yakovlev tends to get out grappled. He doesn't really get out striked, I don't think, in in his losses. Um, so I'm, I'm I assume this is an upset, but I'm but I'm picking Yakovlev as well. Um, we've got Marcin Tiber versus Shamil Abdurahimov. I could absolutely see this going either way. They're very similar fighters. I'm yeah. going to give the slightest advantages to Shamil Abdurahimov. Abdurahimov beat Arlovsky, right? He got a decision against him. I believe they both did, actually. Um, I'm going to go with with Marcin Tabura. I liked I, I liked what he's shown over the last couple of years, even in his losses. Uh, yeah, yeah, they both have a win over Andre Arlovsky, which is surprising because I think he's on a bit of a streak lately. He fought, uh, we've got Burra fought Derek Lewis very. I thought he fought Lewis very tough. He did. They they were both winning against Lewis until they weren't actually both of these men. It's funny they they have a couple of common opponents and very similar results. Tough, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think he thought I think he fought Verdum tough as well. I liked I liked Tabura. Yeah, he's he's a well-rounded guy. Uh, I could see this going either way, so I don't blame you for picking him. And I think he might have the better gas tank, which might make all the difference here. We've got uh, Gadzi Murad Antigula versus Mikhail Oleksenchuk. Wow, nice job. I love this one, Nick. It's a lot of it's a lot of letters. That is a lot of consonants. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mikhail Oles- o- Oleksiuk. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Mikhail. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, yeah, I've got Mikhail too. I actually really am a believer in him as a prospect, but I can see Gutsy Murad just kind of scoring a, a quick takedown and catching him during a transition. I don't think Mikhail's had to defend takedowns yet, and and Antigulov is going to make him defend takedowns. So. I could see it going the other way with a first round submission, but I'm I'm a believer in McCall. Um, got my, what sorry. happened to his fight with with uh, Volante? He knocked out Volante, he, right? He whooped that ass, Nick. I think you and I differed on that. I think that was one of our differing picks. Yeah, he he beat up Volante, took care of business quickly, which I, le- I learned impressive. my lesson. Yeah, I, I don't blame you, but still, like Antigolov does present a very different challenge. So I'm so I'm definitely concerned about the matchup for Mikhail, who I think has a higher ceiling. But may not be uh, may not be in a great matchup style matchup here. Yeah, Mohamed Mustafaya versus Rafael Fiziev. Nick Mustavez uh, for me. What's your intel? Sorry, Mus- uh, Mustavez for me. Mustafaev. Um, I'm going to I'm going to differ from you on this one. I'll take Rafael Fiziev. I heard he's like a he's, he's got like a lot of uh, Muay Thai fights uh, on his pro record, and I think Magomed's generally a stand up guy. Um, I could certainly see it going the other way though. So we've got our picks in, Nick. We discussed some MMA news. Yeah, uh, a... we're doing the ship. By the way, it's twelve fifty-five, Nick. It's almost one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I got to get up soon. Um, <laughs> cool. You probably do too. You got up earlier than me, I bet. Um, uh, to, 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 yeah, to, tomorrow I will be up early, but uh, we're actually going away for a wedding this weekend, so um, not going to be a very long day for me as far as work is concerned tomorrow. Um, but we'll be back uh, next week because the next card, right, is let's let's look is um, I'm looking it up as we speak, Nick. As you stall, oh, we've got oh shit, I was wrong. We the next card is uh, Jacare against Hermanson. Uh, Hermanson. Oh, that, that is coming up pretty quick. It's got Greg Hardy. It's got Cowboy Oliver against Mike Perry, which should be a great fight. Uh, John Lineker against Corey Sandhagen. Sandhagen might be biting off more than he can chew there. Um, Love that matchup. Kute Laba versus Teixeira. 
Roberts versus uh, th- there's some prospects, some names on this card. I'm 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 into there's, it. I'm, and there's some old ass grizzled veterans too. We got Court McGee, Jim Saunders, Arlovsky, and yeah. Saunders. Those are uh, these are all all guys that've been around more than ten years. Um, One so- thing I will say, like way way less, just like random Russian and Eastern European names that we can't pronounce. So that's exciting. Yeah. And then the week after that is I Quinta Cerrone, which the rest of that card's okay. Cub Swanson against Shane Burgess, Elias Theodoro against Derek Brunson. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, I'll take some names. Like anytime there's some recognizable guys, um, a card like this weekend's is more of kind of a prospect watcher. You're watching not because these are a bunch of established guys, but because there might be some, some gold that comes yeah. out of it's a regional future. it's a it's a regional prospects and veterans card. Uh, yeah. Cool man. Well, we Thanks. will do, we will do it again next week and then we'll do it again the week after that, but yeah, the um on May 4th that I Quinta Cerrone fight and then the week after that the Brazil card with Rose against Jessica Andrade, Jared Kennier against uh, Anderson Silva, if Jose Aldo's healthy against Volkanovski. That's a uh that's an intense card. And on the under on the undercard, you got BJ Penn versus Clay Guida coming at you from 2008. Good times. Um, <laughs> all right. Damn times. Stand the man. We'll do it again next week. Have a good time at the wedding. Thank you, sir. You have a great weekend, Nick. Looking forward to uh to to figuring out who the real prospects are coming from this event. And uh, this could be the this could be the the card where you catch up with me after thrash absolutely thrashing me last weekend. That's right. We're we're four three and three. I think. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Five three and three. You uh, got yeah. Got cl- three. Closing in though. I'm 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 getting there, Nick. But I I feel like I have to take a couple of losses between every win. So <laughs> catching up isn't looking as doable to me as it is from your position. Have faith, man. Have faith. Um, All right. I'm gonna work on that <laughs> faith. Talk to you later. Later, Nick. Bye.